Hello and welcome to the Place to Place podcast. I'm Claire Dewhurst, the director of City Nation Place, which is the forum for place brands and place marketing. The idea behind this podcast series is to create a chain of conversations between place branding leaders to give you the opportunity to listen in to honest conversations about their challenges, the solutions they're finding, and the opportunities they're exploring to ensure that their place brand strategies deliver real economic benefits. We're really thrilled that you've chosen to tune in and I hope you enjoy the discussions. For this episode of Place to Place, I am, of course, delighted to welcome back Brad Dean, Chief Executive of Discover Puerto Rico. Welcome back, Brad. And today it's your turn to be the interviewer and you asked us to connect you with Luis Araujo, President of Vivid Portugal. So it's my pleasure to also welcome Luis to the podcast. I understand that Brad's been an admirer of your strategy at Vivid Portugal from afar, so I'm looking forward to this conversation about why it's so important to have built back tourism better after the pandemic. Over to you, Brad. I am so thankful to City Nation Place, particularly Katie, Claire, and the entire team for all they do to help us gather insights and ideas to continue to put the transformative power of travel at work worldwide. And I am personally so excited to be here today with someone that I have admired from afar, a leader in our industry that has accomplished and continues to accomplish so much, Luis Araujo, the president of Visit Portugal. Luis, I am so grateful you're here today and excited to learn from you and hear more about what you and the team at Visit Portugal are doing. So welcome. Thank you so much, Brad. And, and thank you so much for the invitation. I feel honored, but most important, I feel that I'm going to learn much more than anyone else with this conversation. So thank you for having me. Well, I don't know about that. You have a lot to offer. Luis, I'm curious to hear about your background and how you got into this industry. So many people that I know didn't start out their career thinking they would be in travel and tourism or hospitality. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this industry and why you're where you are today. Well, in, in fact, my background is law. I was trying to be a lawyer, but then I thought I had more ambitious things to do and less financially supportive. So I've decided to go to tourism. I started in tourism in 96. I used to work for Pestana, which is the biggest group in Portugal. I started as a legal advisor to the board. And every two years I said, I want to change. I need something else to do. I need something new. So I've been from working in the business of rental cars to the hotel development to sustainability departments. I've been in South America. So lots of things, but always related with tourism. And I've been since 2016 working as the CEO of Visit Portugal and Turismo de Portugal. So always related with travel and tourism. And uh, I think it has to do with a common thought which is uh, tourism is a force for good, And we see tourism as a place or as an industry that brings jobs to people, but, but most important, girls to, to our countries and our communities. Yeah, I don't know there's an organization that understands tourism being a force for good more than City Nation Place. And this platform is so unique because it allows us to engage and learn from each other. And particularly when you think about our two tracks, I started out in manufacturing, you started out in law, we both ended up here. I actually think that's a great thing. I think it sends a powerful message to the younger generation that this may very well be an industry for you as well, especially if you want to be a part of an industry that is accomplishing so much good and has so much more potential. And, and, and what I always say to young people, this is the only activity or the best activity where you can build your own business. 
because you can be a tourist guide or build your own enterprise without needing much. You just need a good idea and develop it and especially giving a good experience to our customers. So that's the purpose of tourism. So I think it's it's a wonderful way to start it and to, to and, and to put it, Brad, definitely. Indeed, indeed. Words we can all aspire to and live by. So something that you and I share, there's certainly some uniqueness in, in both of our destinations, but we've been very fortunate to enjoy a robust recovery, both in Portugal and Puerto Rico. Tell us a little bit about what you and your team did during the pandemic and right after to set yourself up for such great success? Yes. Well, in fact, after those two very difficult years that we all want to forget, I think it's the way we have to, to, to spell it. 2022 was our best year ever. We grew 15% compared with our best year, 2019. So we reached 21 billion euros in revenues. We've managed to have almost the same number of guests we had in 2019, 27 million. And we're talking of a 10 million population in Portugal. And it was a wonderful result. I, th I think what we've always said during COVID, it was the time to keep our engines working. When the, the starting signal was set, we would be the first ones to run. And we did that. We gave more than 2.8 billion euros of support to our enterprises. We gave training for more than 170,000 people in Portugal. We managed to keep a clear and transparent communication with our stakeholders and our main markets. So I think it was a very coordinated effort during these two years. We were preparing ourselves to welcome everyone. And we had the clean and safe seal, more than 23,000 establishments that engaged with the seal. Definitely that was the secret. Keeping the engines working and saying to everyone and be very clear and very transparent. We suffered a lot with the, the conditions, with accessibility. It was a very crazy time. I, I always say that the same day we were put in a green list by the United Kingdom, which is our main market, and on the red list by Germany, which is our second main market. So it was completely chaotic. So the only way to survive was thinking that there was a goal and a purpose beyond those crazy days. And I think that was the main reason of success. We were clearly very coordinated, public, private sector. We had meetings every week with the private sector to understand their needs. We were launching new supports and especially financial support every month to address the needs of, of people. So I would say that was a secret. I'm sure for Puerto Rico was also a very good year in terms of yeah. revenues. You know, it, it parallels very closely with what you just said. We didn't know how to prepare for something we'd never been through, but we worked closely with our public relations agency, Ketchum, to come up with a, a broad, comprehensive recovery plan. And what we told our team was, while we may not be able to promote two of them now, what we do is going to become even more important when we come out of this. I guess the old saying, you can't change the direction of the wind, but you can adjust your sails. Yeah. One of the things that worked for us, and I know that this is central to a lot of what you do and, and visit Portugal, is we really leaned into our culture. Puerto Rico is a very rich, vibrant culture that comes from our heritage of African, Spanish, and Taino Native American origins. So 
we lean heavy into that. In fact, the, the campaign at Live Puerto Rico, which is a, an invitation to come to Puerto Rico and really understand and experience the culture more. And I know that culture is a major point of attraction for visitors that are going to Portugal. Talk a little bit about how you've woven that into your strategy and how that is helping you attract new visitors. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a very interesting point. In fact, in 2017, we changed our communication with the Can't Skip Portugal campaign. And the campaign was completely different because what we said was, and this was pre-COVID, we said, we're not going to promote a country or to show our biggest assets or how wonderful we are and our gastronomy and everything. We're just going to say that whoever you are, whatever you think, whoever you love, we're here for you. And uh, we even had a campaign that said, if you want to, to forget something, travel. If you want to celebrate something, just travel. And then at the end, we said, of course, visit Portugal, that, that we have to sell our country. But I think um, the shift from promoting a country to promoting a way of traveling and saying that people have to travel no matter what, was something completely different. What we've seen during COVID is we needed to address more the needs of people and how important this was to people. So we've changed our products and we're making still an effort not to focus in a region or a city or a kind of establishment, but a mindset of things to do. For instance, we're promoting our literature, we have more than 60 museums dedicated to his two uh, writers uh, in Portugal, together with the two of the most beautiful libraries in Portugal, one in Lisbon and one in Porto. Our literary fairs, our festivals of books, our itineraries written by so many Portuguese writers. This is something that we are promoting right now. So we call it the cooperative networks. So it's a network related with the scene. So you have literature, we have contemporary art, we have our architects, we have two Pritzker Awards in Portugal. So the most important award in architecture in the world. So you can visit Portugal through those items and through those stories. Of course, we will always have nature and our religious background. We have so many diverse, such a diverse country that you can visit all across related with one issue. So we've decided to launch this product development and put it into the market. So most of our enterprises like hotels or restaurants have taken the advantage to do this. I've seen the advantage to do this. And I have to say that most of our visitors are looking at this as a wonderful opportunity to discover Portugal in a different way because it's completely different just ticking the boxes of the places you want to be or saying, no, I visited the best galleries in Portugal because I have an itinerary across the country and we're a small country, of course, that was incredible because this or that. So uh, I would say that it's a completely different mindset and I think it's the future of travel and tourism. Diversification and segmentation is crucial for our activity and any destination that it's still thinking of, I'm going to promote a country or a piece of land or a monument, then we're losing time. 
you know, what you just described, I think it lends itself so well to what we as marketers aspire to, right? The storytelling that's authentic and genuine yes. with the eyes of the local partners and the local residents. And, you know, for us at Libo Rico, it was the, the goal was to develop and, and inspire travel through a movement born out of Puerto Rico, insights and creative and assets from the people of Puerto Rico as to not simply how to visit the island, but how to experience the island. And I think you just nailed that is that people are looking for that today. They're craving that. But if you can take the marketing and then extend it into the product, now that's special. And that's where we ultimately see the transformational impact. And you're right on the cusp of that and, and visit Portugal. So kudos to you for what you're doing to drive that, not only through great marketing, but through the product and the experience. So Luis, I got to ask this. I'm really curious. And I know everybody who's watching this is going to want to know this as well. Marketing really at its basic essence is trying to differentiate yourself. How do you at Visit Portugal work to differentiate yourself from other European destinations? Now more than ever, we need collaboration and cooperation to develop most of our strategy. And, and I think that's clearly a win-win situation for any destination. We work very closely with other European destinations. We have joint campaigns with other countries. We even exchange offices with other countries like Switzerland. We do joint campaigns with, with Spain in long-haul destinations. But I would say that for any destination, it's understanding its purpose. And we've been doing that since 2017. We've established that our purpose was welcoming everyone and respecting the differences. I think that's the basic of, of hospitality and, and for us, it's the basic. I would say that we're not worried with what differentiates us from other destinations. We're worried that people understand the value of traveling and how important it is for their own experience, for their own lives, for their future. Understanding other cultures, other destinations, the value of being in a place like Puerto Rico and understanding its origins, its authenticity, or being in Portugal and understanding its gastronomy and the diversity of the country is much more valuable than just thinking I'm competing with A or B or C. So I would say that differentiation is less and less with other destinations. It's more and more with other activities and other industries. I think but we have to... We have to support the travel industry and the tourism industry together because everyone says that it's really important, but then we're being targeted for so many reasons and so many, I don't know, so many questionings that we that understand it's a force for good, we don't really recognize it as it is. I think your take on recognizing our purpose and value and opening that up in a very inclusive way is so spot on with where the industry's at or needs to be and certainly aligned with City Nation Place. But I got to tell you, of all the conversations I've had in recent years, you're the first travel and tourism leader that the minute they talk about differentiation goes to collaboration. Because most of us think about differentiation as you know, differentiating ourselves. And the place you started with was collaboration. And I, I think that speaks a lot to not only you and your leadership style, but the way that Visit Portugal is going about, you know, promoting itself, which is inspiring to say the very least. I think, I think it's a win-win situation. In fact, I'm talking to you and I'm already thinking, how can we collaborate with Puerto Rico? So trust me, we will find a way. <laughs> love it. I love it. So 
you know, with success comes higher expectations. I know in our case in Puerto Rico, uh, the last couple of years have been our best years ever in terms of visitation and tax collections and maybe the most important number of all for us. More people employed today in our industry than ever before. But it's it's never enough. You can't rest upon your laurels. So having had a really successful recovery and having met your goal of getting out of the gate quickly, what do you see as the challenges as you aim to stay on top and continue to elevate Visit Portugal as a bucket list destination for so many of us? Well, in fact, we have a very ambitious goal until 2027. Our strategy is 10 years. We launched it in 2017. It's until 2027. It's based primarily on sustainability of our activity, but also our planet and our society. And in terms of revenues, we aim to reach 27 billion euros of revenues until 2027. This year, we managed to get to 21.1 billion. So we're pretty close and I'm sure we will get there. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that the value proposition of Portugal is a very good one and a very positive one. We became much, much stronger than we were before COVID. But I think we really need to think what it is staying on top and, and what it is development. And a few years ago, I've heard a very striking speech from Uruguay president Mojica that said, development cannot go against human happiness. And I think more and more, especially us, especially the travel industry, we deal with people and their happiness. And we're made for that. We're tailored to give people their own happiness. So I would say the biggest challenge that we have for the future is changing the paradigm of development. And of course, revenues are extremely important and we will fight for it and we will try to improve that as much as we can, but we have to think on how to travel better. And this is the time for us together to change the value chain of tourism from the supply until the demand. We have to tell people that they need to travel better. They need to experience better, enjoy other countries' culture, get immersed in what people want and what people are thinking in other countries understand their values and what they think about the future and what they think even about other cultures. And if we do that, and I think we're, I mean, we're small destinations, but if we do that, we will give an example to the world on how to travel. And I think that's the biggest challenge for the future for any of us is giving an example and explaining to the world that this is an industry of peace. And now more than ever, we need to be more together to understand the values of other cultures, of other countries, of other destinations to promote that peace. It's a powerful notion, the way you coined that, to travel better, which is, I think, aligned not only with where the industry needs to be, but where the consumer wants us to be. And you know, in Puerto Rico, for us, sustainability is like a four-legged stool. There's certainly the environmental component. Um, but every bit as important as protecting the history and the culture and, and the health and welfare of the people in and around the industry and the communities. And then, of course, you can't have that, those discussions without talking about economic sustainability. So you make a good point if we're all aligned with the goal of not just travel for fun, but travel with a purpose and travel better. That's a very eye-opening, opportunistic, but also very challenging discussion yes. and one that's certainly going to keep us busy. So 
Luis, last question, parting thought to inspire those who are looking ahead and wondering how to navigate what, what lies ahead. I think I've talked too much, that's for sure. But nowadays, it's so important to make other people happy. And this is the industry that can do that. Anywhere in the world, even if you're not qualified or if you don't have enough education, you can make someone happy. And you can do that anywhere in the world. And it's the only industry I know, I think, that you can do this wherever you are and whoever you are. Because there is always someone ready to listen to you and understand that this connection is stronger than, than anything else. So I would say that it's, yes, it's a, a very tough job and a very tough mission working in tourism, definitely. It's a marathon, we always say. It's a career for life. But I would say it's one of the most enriching and fulfilling and happy professions in, in the world, definitely. Yeah, that is so inspiring. And I, I think as, as you were responding, I... I... I recall one of my first trips to Europe and seeing these massive cathedrals and, you know, thinking about the cathedral builders. I mean, these are people that set out to do a huge task that couldn't be done alone. And they knew they probably wouldn't see it to the end. And one of the things that inspires me in our industry today, and I see it in many of my colleagues and peers and my teammates at Discover Puerto Rico, and I know you see this at Visit Portugal, is people who are cathedral builders today in our industry who recognize that we have a tremendous opportunity to impact not only lives, but livelihoods and communities and shape and nurture the future through progress. And as you point out, if we can aspire to travel better, uh, what a great privilege and opportunity. Luis Araujo, it has been a real privilege for me, and I'm sure for everyone watching, to get a little insight as to not only who you are and what you've accomplished, but how you're doing that. So appreciative and admire so much what you've been able to do at Visit Portugal and what lies ahead. And, and of course, we both, I know, are appreciative of City Nation Place and what they do to continually enlighten and inspire us and provide this place to place. Thanks so much, Louise. Thank you, Brad, for suggesting this connection as I've really enjoyed that conversation, as I'm sure have our listeners. It's good to hear Louise talk about the importance of place-to-place collaboration and of promoting the value of tourism to the world, all topics close to our heart at City Nation Place, as you so rightly recognise. Thank you. And thank you for listening in to this conversation. I hope you also found it inspiring. Please do recommend this podcast to your colleagues. And I look forward to welcoming you back, our listeners, and to welcoming back Luis for our next episode. It will be really interesting to see in what direction the next conversation takes us. <laughs>